0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, I mentioned the public library actually, and I'm going to head back down there at this afternoon. This afternoon for us, remember, we're a few hours earlier than you, um, and I'm going to dip my head into the, the map room there as well. But right outside the public library, you'll find on Boylston the uh, painted finish line for the Boston Marathon. I actually went out for a run this morning and I made sure that I ran the right way uh, over that finish line uh, the way so many people will be doing in a few weeks time when the marathon is held. That will mark in a few weeks time the 10th anniversary exactly of the Boston Marathon bombing when two bombs were detonated 14 seconds apart. Hundreds of of people were injured 17 people lost limbs three people died and the fact that the death toll itself was not ire is a testament to the public it is a testament to first responders it is a testament to organizers it is a testament to medical professionals one of whom i'm delighted to say is with me in our studio here in the langham hotel in boston dr david king he is a trauma surgeon and a professor at harvard medical school david you're welcome Uh, to the show. And thanks a million for for joining us. Thanks for having me. Um, uh, You actually ran the marathon 10 years ago. I did. In
1: uh, three hours and 12 minutes. Just um, uh, roughly about an hour before the the bombs went off. Yeah.
0: So you crossed the line and there there was no indication that anything untoward was was going to happen when you finished.
1: No. In fact, uh, I was uh, hanging out in the athlete recovery area. Uh, Back in those days, you could check a bag at the start and they'd bring it to the finish for you. And uh, I was waiting to collect my bag. And as I've reconstructed the timeline over the past decade, um, it seems I was at the public gardens waiting for a taxi when the bombs went off, but there was enough distance and um, high-rise buildings between the the sites of the, the bomb and where I was that I didn't hear or, or recognize a thing. The only thing I can remotely recall is um, uh, possibly uh, feeling uh, an awkward rumbling under my feet, which is a, a feeling that I'd, um, I'd experienced many times in um, uh, Iraq and Afghanistan when um, uh, mortars or recoilless rifle rounds would land on our base. It would just make the bottom of your feet um, rumble just a little bit. So I recall feeling that, but absolutely not acknowledging what that could be and certainly not
0: suspecting anything wrong at, at the finish line. That was the farthest thing from my mind. Uh, and where were you? What was going on when you did realize something had happened?
1: Well, you know, I, I, I didn't realize that first. Uh, I got almost all the way home and um, uh, I, I turned my phone on and I had lots of text messages from. Uh, friends saying, hey, tracked you online, good race. And then my really good friends texting me and saying, hey, loser, why are you so slow? Mm-hmm. In good humor. Uh, but then um, my phone just up with uh, people who don't normally text me after a marathon saying, hey, are you okay? I heard something went wrong. And none of that made sense to me. So I opened a web browser and uh, I-, I tried to go to a any one of a number of local uh, news outlets and none of those pages would load. So I tried some national news outlets and after hitting, you know, page requests after page requests, nothing would load because as we since learned, the um, cellular towers were just super saturated. Mm. Uh, And that seemed just odd enough to me that uh, I diverted to the hospital. And then for reasons I still can't entirely articulate. Um, when the taxi pulled up on in, in front of the hospital, it looked like a regular Monday. There wasn't a high degree of chaos. It just, mm. Everything just looked normal. And for some reason, I still decided to go in. And instead of just walking into the emergency department, I walked up to our call room where I put some scrubs on and a surgical cap and eye protection, before I walked down to the emergency department. And when I walked in there, I saw the first wave of, of patients uh, arriving. And the, um, the, the pattern of injury was one that was uh, easily recognizable to me as, as something that I'd seen hundreds or
0: thousands mm-hmm. of times before on the battlefield. I mean uh, e- even before you saw those injuries though the way you describe your actions it strikes me on some level you must have known you know that you went to the hospital it looked okay you went in and even before going down you, you kind of gowned up and washed yourself put on the glasses you you, you must you knew something was wrong
1: you know I, I i can't consciously say that i knew something was wrong i i just think there were there were enough details that seemed out of order um, not any one in particular it wasn't a single message I received or a piece of news, but there were, there were just enough individual details that for some reason, didn't feel right. Uh, and that, I
0: think, is what compelled me to take those actions. So when you saw what you did uh, in the emergency room then, as you say, kind of uh, echoes of your experience in Afghanistan. I mean, it, was it a case then it, it's just all hands on deck until all patients are seen? I, it's, it's, I assume it's kind of, there's an element of organized chaos from your point of view. So it,
1: the, the all hands on deck is, is certainly an understatement. Uh, it's It's difficult for a city to take care of uh, you know two hundred and forty three acutely injured patients all at once, uh, but yet we we managed to do that and uh, all hands on deck as, as I said, is a little bit of an understatement because trauma care of course is a, is a team sport uh, as a surgeon, I can't do anything without anesthesia and we can't do anything without critical care nursing and so on' it's, it's so many people involved. But as the, as the waves of patients kept coming in the, in the hours that followed, um, something really remarkable happened at, um, at the Mass General, and that is um, everyone refused to leave. Um, the people staffing the coffee shop, uh, the um, cafeteria workers who knew that the hospital staff needed to be fed, nurses not going home, I remember the hospital rolling out uh, cots so people could catch some sleep uh, before they went back to work uh, the The hospital has and had and has a, a very robust organized disaster plan but the the outpouring uh, at our hospital and I know it was similar uh, through uh, throughout all the hospitals in Boston uh, was truly um, a testament of a, a remarkable spirit of of resiliency for, for healthcare workers and first responders who just would not give up
0: and would not go home. When all of that is happening, when you're in the middle of it, are, are you capable of, of taking a step back and, and uh, processing how, how remarkable for all the wrong reasons, uh, you know, the, 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 the day's events are? Or, or does that happen afterwards? Yeah
1: it's a little bit of both i recognized in the moment probably after the 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 first operation that this was a remarkable day in history uh and uh, i don't mean to 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 mean for a minute that remarkable means good it just <clears throat> means a notable day in history and i i knew what was happening in the moment uh because of that i i ended up uh taking a bunch of photos that day that I knew would be useful in you know, after action reviews and, uh, and just um, uh, reviewing actions of the day. Um, but everyone, me, not just me, but everyone was working nonstop for about four days uh, be- before all the patients had had their index operations, their second and third operations that are often required and we could finally pause and take a breath. Um, And it was probably about four or five days afterwards that uh, I really sat down and thought about the event and started processing uh, what for me, and I think for many Bostonians was a a, a nearly unthinkable uh, tragedy. It's the Boston Marathon. It's supposed to be um, an event that celebrates happiness and wellness and fitness. And, um, you know, we've, we've been having it here for well over 100 years. Uh, and to have such a, an unthinkable thing happen, um, it, it struck me somewhat personally, too, because I thought, you know, I spent so much time overseas fighting terrorism uh, in order that it not come to our shore again uh, after 9-11. And I thought, well, geez, here, here we are again, back in my country, in my state, in my city, at my marathon. Um, so I, I think for me and for, for many people, it, it felt like it, was, uh, it hit
0: home somewhat personally. How, you know, you say you, you process it. How do you Because I guess when when you witness some of those similar scenes of trauma um, in Afghanistan or Iraq or wherever you happen to be, that, you know, humans are very good at compartmentalizing things and and rationalizing things in in the context in in, in which they're presented. Uh, and, And those scenes were presented in a different country. And then you come back here and life is good and relatively safe and secure. And suddenly it's all happening around you. So I think you're
1: exactly right. Uh, humans do uh, compartmentalize things quite well. Uh, I can't speak for everyone, uh, naturally, uh, but for me, uh, and I think for many surgeons in particular, um, we're very good at taking taking this thing, this, this experience, this emotion, and we put it in the box. And we put the box on the shelf so we can get on with the job. And then at some point, days, weeks later, I don't know, you take that box off the shelf, you open it up, and you you see what you put inside and for, for some people, um, that you might do that many times, uh, over many years, Mm. uh, until you, um, resolve whatever the issues are that are in that box. And I, I have the luxury of, um, of putting things in that box as someone who was uninjured at the marathon bombing. Um, I, I just can't imagine, how some of the casualties from the bombing uh the, the things that they had to put in that box and and for how many years it's, it's been a decade and i would wager a guess that uh if, if you were injured on that day um you probably still have things in that box maybe that you, you haven't looked at since the, the day of I, I i don't know i I can only imagine
0: yeah and you know it, we don't want to lessen that the grief either that's uh, the bereaved families would feel in the next couple of weeks when the anniversary rolls around, or the fact that people are still undergoing surgery. You know, all these years later. Oh yes. Um, uh, on on foot of those attacks, it strikes me though. You know, from, from speaking to other people since we got here, and sometimes the odd time in the in the years since as well, that as a city there's, there's almost this kind of collective decision that was made. And, and you tell me whether this is right or wrong. This interpretation. That, that that you would put into practice that old kind of maxim that you know tomorrow is more important than yesterday, and that listen as a city we can't forget what happened, but we can't wallow in it either, and we have to recognize that you know we also saw the best of Boston in the wake of it.
1: Boy, you, you're darn right about that. Um, out, out of that day came some of the most remarkable actions and. Um, um, Remarkable humans expressing the resiliency of not just themselves, but of of the entire city. Really, it's it's pretty it's pretty darn impressive. Um, You know, now even now, or I should say now more so than it used to be. uh, If you walk around the city and you stop to get coffee and you're wearing a, um, you know, Boston Marathon celebration jacket or a hat, uh, perfect strangers will walk up to you and say, hey, did you run that year? Are you running this year? Let me buy you a coffee. And it, it, it's almost as as if, it, well, it's not as if, it it is. In fact, uh, I think, uh, particularly since 10 years ago, the marathon is uh, a celebration for the city. And non-runners and runners alike appreciate that. And that gets expressed by interactions with total strangers walking down the street who who will just slap you on the shoulder and shake your hand and say, you know, good luck on the race or, uh, uh, you know, how, how fast you plan on running or and so on. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty darn
0: great feeling in a pretty darn great city. Yeah, it is a great city. David, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming into us. Thank you. Dr. David King is a trauma and acute care surgeon at Massachusetts General Hospital Trauma Centre, former US Army colonel uh, as well. A little bit later in the show, we're going to be speaking to David Fortier. David was a little bit behind uh, David King. I hope it doesn't mind me saying this in terms of crossing the line that day. He was literally within touching distance when that first bomb went off. He was one of those uh, hundreds who were injured. He is going to be speaking to me after five o'clock. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Coddhie. With Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.